What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? It's Johnny King. Question for you. Question of the day is, have you ever felt like you hit that emotional threshold where you say like enough is enough and then you used willpower to change something long-term? I know, for me at least, and I think the vast majority of people that I've you know come in contact with, willpower doesn't work long-term. Now, in 2010... I opened my first gym, and then over the course of eight years uh, and multiple different locations of of my gym and coaching hundreds, if not thousands, millions <laughs> of people, no, hundreds, thousands, maybe a thousand or two, it doesn't matter, uh, but I've noticed that willpower Never works, at least not long-term, okay? So like I said, maybe you have that uh, experience of hitting that emotional threshold um, in a job. You know, I'm like sick and tired of this job. I cannot go to, <laughs> to the job one more time. Or you're just sick and tired of the relationship you're in and like something has to change. Or you, you, you know, binge, you eat something, you pig out, and then you feel so horrible, you're like, oh my God, like, I can no longer do this, right? You've had it. So what did you do when you hit that emotional threshold? As it relates to, you know, my gyms and helping people with their health and emotional eating for nearly a decade, a lot of them, their first go-to is thinking, you know what? If I feel like crap after eating, then I should probably stop eating the stuff. They start denying themselves, right? So they begin employing that willpower strategy in the form of dieting. But as I always used to say, there's a reason why the first three letters of the word dieting are die, because that's what it feels like <laughs> when you're doing it. You're like killing yourself slowly by starving yourself, right? Uh, but essentially, of course, any, anyone who's gotten results um, even like short term was because they were uh, denying themselves and, and, and kind of attempting to human will or, or willpower their way through something. But it's so painful, right? It's always so painful that your brain won't allow you to continuously experience that, especially when there's an alternative, Right? So most people that I know that diet, they yo-yo diet. They're on a diet or they're off a diet. They're on a diet, they're off a diet. The interesting thing is when it comes to, you know, myself and other people that I know who are 
generally, you know, healthy and the same weight, the idea of dieting never comes into my mind. It's like not even something that I, that I think about. But those that really struggle with their weight and fluctuating, they diet. And dieting, like I said, is just a solution. It's a short-term solution or a, a solution that requires a lot of willpower, extremely painful, because they're focusing on kind of the, uh, I don't know, the byproduct, let me say, right? So the solution, when we're not, when rather than, again, attempting to push a, uh, a square cube through a, a round hole, right? Like just attempting to, to force our way into results. And instead of kind of fighting your natural instincts, you simply have to begin changing what you associate food to until you've conditioned pain to this new pattern versus the old pattern. Okay? So when it comes to like dieting, you're sick and tired of being a certain way and then you go to the far extreme, right? And you begin dieting. And <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you call it? Was, uh, denying yourself. There you go, right? But again, that's, that is, it's painful. But if you really start to think about, and I left that long pause for a reason, <laughs> If you really begin to think about how you feel when you overindulge, how you feel um, when you look at yourself in the mirror, how you feel when you exercise, how you feel, uh, like I said, wh when you're naked, how you feel when you're being intimate, how you feel when you are required to take off your shirt at the beach or at the pool, right? Um, how you're feeling when you're attempting to hike a mountain or, or do something like that, running around chasing your kids, who knows, whatever it is, but whatever it is that relates to your situation, if you can make overeating painful and let's say exercising and eating healthy, pleasurable, you'll be irresistibly drawn to do the right things. Now that sounds you know, conceptually like, okay, Johnny, that, that <laughs> if only it were that easy, right? But the truth is you have to be consistently remembering the negative feelings that you experience when you are overindulging because for the most part, people begin associating pain to dieting and major, major pleasure to eating and eating their delicious foods, Right? And it's, and it's no different, you know. I think so many people, like, they leave a, uh, a toxic relationship and then very quickly, you know, the, the pain of being lonely is far worse than, than the memories of the good times, right? <laughs> I had a conversation with someone yesterday and, I mean, gosh, how many times has, have I heard this or, or even experienced? We're so good about forgetting what those things are about uh, that significant other that, you know, drove us towards exiting a relationship. But we have to do that a couple times, I think, in life 
to come back to the relationship forgetting what those things are and you immediately are remembered, oh yeah, <laughs> that's why they suck. That's why this didn't work out. You know what I mean? Um, I remember in one of the, the seminars that I attended of Tony Robbins, he talked about how at the very beginning of his career, he was helping people uh, like break habits you know, lifelong habits or breakthrough of phobias and fears of things. And he gives this one, like, hilarious, you know, depiction of how he helped this one dude stop uh, chain smoking, right? And so this guy comes into this room, uh, like a hotel room or something, and uh, he comes in and, and Tony, like, immediately stands up without, like, acknowledging him really or saying hi and walks past him, goes to the door, locks the door, then chains the door closed, comes back and sits down. And the guy's like, uh, hi. <laughs> and Tony's like, you know, um, or, uh, yeah, this, that's it. So he, he's like, uh, how many, how many cigarettes do you have with you? He's like, oh, I've got like maybe half a, half a carton, half a box left here. So, like, all right, I want you to go out and I want you to go buy three cartons of, or three sleeves, or whatever you used to call it back, you know, 30 years from now, 30 years ago. Not from now, 30 years ago. And so the guy's like, okay. So the guy goes out. This is before actually Tony locks the door. He comes back with that bag of like three sleeves of, you know, I don't know how many cigarettes, so many cigarettes, right? That's when Tony gets up, locks the door. So he starts freaking this guy out like, okay, and, and Tony says, it was so funny because he was like pretending like he had some type of like twitch, you know, some type of like <laughs> like twitch in his like eye and his neck, you know, in his head, <laughs> like he was a little bit crazy. And he starts screaming at this guy like, light, light him up or something. So he ultimately gets this guy and the guy has like 15, 20 cigarettes all lit at the same time in his mouth and he's like <laughs> thinking that Tony is going to kill him, right? <laughs> this is so probably would not fly in today's day and age, but it worked back <laughs> at the beginning of Tony's career. And he's screaming at this guy like, smoke him up. And the guy is like crying. Like this is like, you know, <laughs> middle-aged man crying, snotting, like, smoke is everywhere, like the whole room was full of smoke, like he, if you stood up, he said, like you couldn't even see across the room, he kept on like telling the guy, smoke him up, smoke him up, and he made this guy associate so much uh, pain to the habit of smoking cigarettes, you know, and Tony would go back and forth between like totally like erratic, like crazy, and then like super, super peaceful, super like at peace, you know, and you're like, would you like another cigarette? And the guy's like, no, no, I don't want another cigarette. And that, and apparently that, uh, that cured the guy. Um, because like I said, he associated so much pain because he took, you know, again, the, the, the overwhelming feeling of like not being able to breathe and all the smoke and all like how it just was like very, very visceral, right? Very physical, and had the guy just <laughs> smoke so many cigarettes that he probably like vomited, and that was it. Uh, Tony said that when he was a little guy, when he was like eight, um, 
his mom was his mom had you know tons of men coming and going uh, a bunch of different you know husbands maybe like four or five different husbands that she married so kind of unstable uh in that sense in the, in the home environment and tony asked uh if he could have a beer because there was all these you know cans of beer and, and he was seeing you know one of these one of these uh stepdads drinking a lot of beer and he asked his mom this and she said yes however if you're going to have a drink then you have to drink an entire six pack would you like to do that and he was like oh yeah yeah totally i'm i'm an adult i'm old enough you know and maybe he wasn't 8 he was like 12 i don't know but he was not uh certainly not of legal drinking age and and you know probably prior to to puberty right so he says he took one sip and he was like Oh my God, this is the worst tasting stuff ever, right? But he's trying to play it off because he's like, well, you know, my, my stepdad who, who he like admires, like he drinks beer all the time. So I guess that's what it means to, to be a man. So he drinks another sip or two and he's just like, oh, and he's like, okay, I, I, that's all I want. And his mom is like, no, no, we agreed. You have to finish all six of those cans, right? Tony said he got through maybe like two and a half or three cans before he just projectile vomited everywhere. <laughs> the way he tells the stories live are just hilarious, right? He's like, and from that day, <laughs> I've never had any desire for alcohol, you know, and Tony, Tony doesn't drink. Um, but it was his first real lesson in like, in, uh, you know, associating uh, a great amount of pain and displeasure (laughs) to certain behaviors, right? So maybe it's one of those things. Maybe you have a, uh, an addiction to like, I don't know, candy, a certain type of candy or yeah, alcohol or, uh, or whatever, right? And so there's something to be said about what if you had to eat an entire bag worth of candy? Would it like, you know, I don't know. There are ways. And, and I say both of those stories just again to, to reiterate the, the point that willpowering your way out of a habit, it never works. It never works long term. And so you really do have to associate more pain, more negative feelings to doing the thing than not doing the thing, okay? So you have to get pretty clear and pretty uh, pretty creative sometimes about how that even looks, right? Um, otherwise, if doing the thing is more pleasurable than not doing the thing, then you're always going to come back to doing the thing. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, it's, it's funny how our brains work, but it's so true. Uh, I know people, again, adults who are like, oh, I just don't like that food. I'm like, oh, really? Like, it's usually people love that food or whatever it is. Or, yeah. Like, well, I had this experience when I was little and I ate too much of it or this and that. And the smell reminds me of this. And so they have this, like, really horrible negative association to that food or that experience, right? So <laughs> I, I, I challenge you 
to take one of those bad habits of yours and uh, and try to figure out a, a creative way of tipping the scale. And rather than using, you know, good old willpower, try using the leverage of associating pain. And you can do it either physically or emotionally, you know, in your head. But uh, there's so many different ways of, of breaking bad habits. But that's that's one of my suggestions. Willpower. It never works. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Johnny King. We'll catch up with you on the next one and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, it would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.